Welcome to the Save the Date Wedding Podcast with your host, Alicia McCormack. Alicia will keep you on budget and on track so you can plan your big date without the big price tag. Welcome to the Save the Date Wedding Podcast. I am your host, Alicia. Are you listening to this podcast on an iPhone or an Android or a computer? That is the question I would love answered because every time I think I've figured you out, my lovely audience, I am surprised because I'm wrong. I'm making huge assumptions that you're all wedding planning. Maybe you've just got wedding fetishes. Maybe you've just found me by accident via iTunes and gone, I like her accent and I'll continue to listen to her talking about weddings even though I'm not planning one. Perhaps that's you. I really want to know what you're listening to this show on because as you'll hear later in the the program, I have a... I've got a letter from a guest who um, (laughs) gives me a wrap over the knuckles because I keep talking about iTunes which I encourage you to subscribe to the show if you are an iTunes listener. It's very easy to do. But I do sometimes ignore my Android listeners, and for that I'm deeply apologetic. And you will hear my apology again later in the show because it's wrong. I can't ignore you. I love you. I love you, Android users. I used to work for Google. I did. So, you know, I I should embrace it more. Handset equality, that's what I need to focus on. And also my computer listener users because, you know, I, lo- I know a lot of people listen at work and they play it through a media player, which I highly encourage. Good golly, Miss Molly, this time of year is busy for wedding planning and getting engaged. I have searched hashtag engaged on Twitter and Instagram and it honestly took me about an hour and a half of sitting there scrolling through all of the announcements. It's crazy. Well done, you. Well done, everyone, for putting a ring on it and giving me something to talk about. So that's the selfish part of saying, well done, everyone, for getting engaged over the past couple of months because it makes me really happy. Today is the usual Thursday Q&A episode. Well, look, you could be listening to it on Monday. You could be listening to it in 2017, for all I know. Hello to the future. But usually I put these Q&A episodes out on Thursdays, just so you get to know the rhythm, my routine here. And uh, it really started a few months ago when I started the podcast. It started as something that I called a bonus Q&A episode because a couple of people sent me some questions and I thought, well, why waste it? Let's just get it on board. And now you continue to send me the questions, which is just delightful. And I've sort of made it a regular thing. I love it. And it's given me an opportunity when I do have wedding experts and bloggers and all these sort of geniuses on board. Wedding geniuses. There's a new thing. I don't know if they exist, but let's just say most of my guests are. I always try, if I have a question up my sleeve, to pose the question to the expert because they know more than I do. There you go. So that's how the Q&A episodes work if you are new to the podcast. It's all about trying to solve your problems. And you know, you can ask me questions that you can't ask other people. I'm not great with straight financial advice. Anything to do with tax? Probably not for me. Relationships? Yes. Most of the time, good at answering them. Because, you know, if you ask me questions about my personal relationships and friendships, I would falter a little bit. But I'm quite happy to give you advice about your your life and your friends. Fine. Bring it on. Not my problem. Well, it is my problem because I make it my problem. But you know what I mean? I haven't got to go see these people the next day. I did receive a weird... I don't want to say weird because I don't want her to think it was weird. It was a question I just didn't know how to answer. And I'm going to give you a little, little highlight reel here. It was about prenups and what I feel about them. And I will actually, I'm not avoiding the the topic of prenups. I just want to talk to someone who maybe knows more about it than I do, because most of the information I have about prenups come from the Real Housewives. 
And yeah, I mean, they all get married and divorced regularly. And I know that most of the legal stuff put on Bravo is, you know, ironclad solid. But I don't want to answer your question, prenup question lady, you probably know who you are, and get it wrong. And then in 10 years' time, if you perhaps got divorced, not that you're going to get divorced, you come to me and go, yeah, that Alicia from the wedding podcast, she said, uh, and uh, she was wrong. And now I don't have a house. So anyway... It was a sort of question like that that it really interested me, but I'm a little hesitant to answer it. So now I've talked about not answering questions, shall we get to the questions I am going to answer today? I think so. A big shout out to my homegirl, uh, Liana, I don't want to pronounce your name incorrectly here, Cornegay, who hit me up on the Facebook Save the Date Wedding Podcast Facebook page and said, uh, I absolutely love your podcast. Thank you, Leanna. I listened to it while running. I took your advice about learning while working my booty. Oh, you know, I read that, Leanna, and I did write back to you. and I just was so excited because as much as I love spreading the word about podcasting, I also, as you, if you've, if you've heard last week's episode about fitness, health and fitness with Scott Colby, I love spreading the word about exercise as well without being a propagandist. I really do. And... It still surprises me how few people I know actually listen to podcasts. So if you've gotten this far and you've downloaded this or you're listening online, I say thank you and please spread the word, not just about my show, although do, because I know there are thousands and thousands of people getting engaged every day. I want them all to listen to my show. That's my Veruca Salt moment. I want the world. That's me. I want the world to listen to my podcast talking about weddings. No, it's just really good to spread the word about podcasting because there are so many amazing shows out there about really specific things. And, you know, I think women especially aren't necessarily thinking that there's shows made for them, but there are stuff, there's shows about beauty, so many wonderful health and fitness programs. You know, if you've got a specific niche or niche that you really like, like cross-country, mountain biking, crossfitting, whatever, I bet you 50 bucks there's a show about it. Now, Moving on to my first question of the day. It is a Twitter question from a lovely lady who called, I sound like an old lady then, a lovely lady called Sarah Carson who tweeted me at Save the Date PC. She said, how to keep the peace with family who are all trying to help but need some space for my own decisions without upsetting them. Sarah, I am going to bet you, I'm into betting a lot today, it seems. I bet you that a lot of listeners are going through exactly the same issue. And it really does depend on your sort of personality, I suppose, as to how you deal with this event, planning this event, and then also all the people around you. Because weddings create this sort of vacuum of opinions, People love to tell you how they would choose to do it and why the decision you're making isn't quite right. I know when we got married, we were fairly sort of low-key, as you've probably heard on the podcast before. Our decision-making was quite laid-back, and uh, I think people were probably concerned in the opposite direction of saying, are these wedding plans ever going to be done? And we did it in our own time. We did did it in our own way. But Sarah, the big thing about families is you get comfortable in telling other people what you think because of that comfort. You probably wouldn't do that to someone that you know from the office. Well, maybe you would. You might be a bit of an a-hole and have no problem sharing your opinion whenever it's asked for or not asked for. With families, there seems to be a relaxed sort of nature in going, no, you're wrong. And I would do it this way. And also families have a bit of a pressure system 
attached to them where you go, all right, look, mum's being a little bit heavy or handed on the advice. It's just easier if I do what she says because I know how she can react if I don't go along with it. I don't want to start World War Three. Another factor I know a lot of you are probably thinking of right now is, hey, my parents are giving us cash for the for the big day. Therefore, they see that as some sort of bargaining chip to get exactly what they want to happen. Now, <laughs> this is tricky. I talked about being careful about giving advice because every person that's listening to this has different parents with different ideologies and different views on cash and where it should be spent and what wedding they're expecting their kids to have. I go back over and over again, no matter who is paying for this wedding day, it's your wedding. It's not your mum committing to your guy or gal, it's you. So if you feel so strongly, Sarah, about them pressuring you with their opinions, then I really suggest you take the high road and have a conversation with them. And by that I mean book a time, get a Sunday lunch going, and then say, hey, this is when we're going to be discussing the wedding. You're overwhelming me a little bit. I need a bit of downtime. And if we want to talk about it, we can have a whole afternoon here where we just crack on and and talk about the wedding. And then maybe we take a step back and have a bit of time off. There is nothing wrong with not talking about your wedding. Take it from me. People get bored hearing about your wedding. People get bored talking about your wedding. And also, in six months or 12 months' time, when the wedding's not on, you'll have to go and talk about something else anyway. So a good way to do it is to sit down with your partner, you have the discussions, and then take it to the table and have a chat to them about it. And if you're not comfortable having that sort of open conversation and going shushies to them, perhaps you could just very delicately change the subject every time that they want to talk about the wedding. So for you... Here are five quick topics that you could say. Say your mother-in-law wants to, you know, take over. Every time she wants to talk about the wedding, you change the topic. So she's she's banging on about something and you've got to go, Hey, Marjorie. Sarah, that's what I've named your mother-in-law, by the way. I don't know why I assume this is a mother-in-law problem, but that's just as a side note. That's what's happening. Hey, Marjorie, what's the first thing you thought of when you woke up this morning? Then Marjorie will go, Oh, that's a weird question. Hey, Marjorie... Are you a saver or a spender? If you had $10 million besides organising my wedding in my life, would you still be working? Scrunch or fold? Hey Marjorie, look, I can't be bothered coming up with any more questions. Just tell them to back off. Family understand. You can say bad things to family and they get it. Or they get over it eventually. Better than friends. So use that to your advantage, Sarah. All I can say is be honest, be open, say give me my own space please come on, be a bit like you would have been as a teenager. Just revert to that. Awful advice from me to you, Sarah. Thank you so much for your tweet, though. I love that you connected with me via the Twitter. It's easier. I get it. I keep saying to people, send me an email. But no, no, no. You're sitting on Instagram and Twitter all day anyway. If you're like me, you might as well send me a message through that. I congratulate you. The second Twitter question I have is from Charlie Coombs. Charlie says, Alicia, I have a quizzy. Oh, I love it. You're speaking my language already. We sound like teens, tweens. I love it. Alicia, I have a quizzy. We've just started looking for a venue, etc. Are we totally mad to think we can organize a 2015 wedding? Whoa. Now, if you are listening to this podcast in the future... It is currently 2015. 
and Charlie needs to organize her wedding really quickly. Can she do it? Very handy timing, Charlie, because one of my upcoming guests for the Save the Date Wedding podcast is an author called Carly Kiker. Coincidentally, Carly is also answering a question in this Q&A episode. I digress. Carly wrote a book called Hitched in a Hurry. It's all about getting married quickly, organizing things without the fuss and hurry. It's just get it done. It's a great read, a very quick and easy read, and also will answer a lot of your questions if you are genuinely planning a wedding for, I don't know, six to 12 months time within this year. It's a great read and a very good investment. One thing I would like you to consider perhaps is looking at alternative wedding venues. And when I say alternative, I mean things that aren't necessarily your standard run-of-the-mill wedding venue location. And I don't mean standard as in boring. I'm not sort of having a go. I'm just saying places that would be advertising on a wedding vendor blog perhaps. And there's one website that I think a lot of you may have used when looking for a bit of a vacay property, and that is Airbnb. Did you know that you can search Airbnb for wedding venues? Too right you can. I contacted Airbnb and I sort of said, here's the deal. Do you advertise wedding venues or can we at least ask people if they're willing to use their property for wedding venues? And Airbnb were very positive and said, you know, even though they don't physically advertise things as formal entertainment venues, a lot of the private houses are totally up for you holding events there. They actually have, and I'm going to include this in the show notes, it's really good. It's a, a wish list and it says it's called 15 Amazing and Unexpected Places to Say I Do. And not only are these places amazing, like I would pack my bags and go to every one of them right now. They're also a little bit different. I mean, sort of flashy and not necessarily hugely expensive because they're not wedding venues, not specifically set up for this sort of event. Yes, you would probably have to do a little bit more work. For example, Rich and I, we we hired a private house for our wedding. It was more work It probably cost about the same, but it cost more in our time of actually having to hire furniture and crockery and that sort of stuff. But if you've got a good wedding planner that you trust and you've got a good event management company that are happy to bring in all the stuff and shift in, this can be a really cool option, especially if your you know standard venues that we've been talking about are all booked up for months in advance. This is sort of a thing. If you are willing to come in and hire it for a two or three day period or even longer with Airbnb, the best thing is if you're hiring a big manor or something, you could hire it for a whole week and then invite your friends and family, exactly what we did, to come and spend some time with you and then help you set it up or If not, if you've got the budget to have people come in and do it, but just invite people to come and hang with you and stay at the house and chill out with you before or after the wedding. I think that's always a fabulous, a fabulous opportunity to see the friends and see the family that are coming, especially if it's, you know, destination types events to spend that time with them. So some of the, some of the Airbnb properties on my list, which you'll see in the show notes, we've got Fiji and Tuscany. There's a, a treetop sort of um, property that's 95 bucks a night. Chalets, glamping chalets that you can hire with beautiful properties attached to them that it would easily be something that you could you could manufacture into a, a wedding venue with a tent or something they've got a big castle in Scotland for 600 pounds a night now that's you might go that's quite a lot of money it's a whole castle 
It's a castle. How many people get to get married in a real live castle? This ain't no Disneyland. A genuine castle with genuine old relics and stuff around. Nothing plastic. This is real. Imagine saying that I got married in a Scottish castle. Charlie, again, I don't know where you are, but please do um, check out Airbnb and just think laterally. I always say in these situations, there's always a solution. There will be a venue out there for you in 2015. And also, again, listen to my upcoming episode of Save the Date where I'm talking to Carly, because we do talk about this. If you are have your eye on a venue and it's certainly not going to be available perhaps on a Saturday or Sunday, get married on a Tuesday, get married on a Wednesday. A lot of venues are really keen to fill spaces in the week. If you aren't going to hire it, probably no one else is. So it's also a good opportunity to maybe do a little bit of negotiating, see what you can get for having a midweek wedding. It's not always as convenient for your guests, but if you give them a heads up, a lot of them will go for it. I love receiving your questions, as you know, and uh, when I have an expert on hand, I like to use them for all they're worth, and I am really happy that I have Carly Kaika, the beautiful author of Hitched in a Hurry, The Ultimate How-To for a Speedy I Do, my favorite book title ever, and I thought, what better what better way to get her to solve someone else's problem so I don't have to do it? So... Uh... <laughs> That's not true. I have a wonderful um, listener question here from Jessie C. You sound like a Spice Girl, Jessie C. I love that. <laughs> I love it too. Jessie C. Uh, she's probably not like that at all, but we like it. <laughs> love yes. it. I love it. There you go. Carly's on board. Jessie C says, hey, Alicia. Hey, Jessie. Our wedding is a little while off, but we're looking uh, at our guest list. What are the rules for plus ones at weddings? If we say bring a plus one, do we get to veto the guest? She says, side note, I listened to your podcast on my Android phone. You always talk about iTunes. Please don't forget us. Right. Firstly, <laughs> Jessie C knows what she wants. and Jessie C knows what she wants, and she's <laughs> telling you not to forget those Android users. I, I am going to admit, Carly, I always say, hey, subscribe on iTunes, blah, 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 blah. And then uh -huh. I do forget that 80% of the world are Android. So <laughs> noted, Jessie C, you've made your point. But uh, – <laughs> Are you an Android user, Carly? I'm I I'm an Apple user. Uh -oh. I'm an yeah, Apple. Uh -oh. Jesse's got a Sorry, Jesse C, but I will still answer your question. <laughs> Good. So the question is what are the rules for plus ones at weddings? And I uh, what are the rules, Carly? What do you think? Are there rules? This this are, feels vague. So I don't think that there are rules. I think that you can, you know, you can offer a plus one or you cannot. You can make that decision. However, if you do offer a plus one to a guest, you you do not really reserve the right to veto the guest. <laughs> um, you're giving them, you know, the opportunity to bring somebody. Yeah. And if you don't really trust that person enough to <laughs> to trust who they're going to bring to your wedding, don't give them a plus one. That's what I would say to that. Jesse C. Signing out, Carly K. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, girlfriend is in the house. She's like, nah, forget. I totally agree because I think if you – exactly. If you are offering plus ones, mm -hmm. I mean, part of me thinks plus ones are really risque in a way because you don't know – I always think you want to know the people that are going to be at your wedding. Right. Well, and that's the thing. If, you know, if you have um, your best friend and she's been dating a guy for forever and you know him and he's, you know, a great friend to you or whatever – Give her the plus one, absolutely. Or, you know, if um, one of your friends who lives, 
in California, for instance, and she is engaged, but you've actually never met the guy, but you really trust her and, and hello, they're engaged. They're going to spend the rest of their life together. You give her the plus one. Now, if you know that one of your friends just met a random guy via Twitter three days ago and you have suspicions that she might try and sneak him into the wedding, do not give her a plus one. <laughs> so just use your judgment when doling out those plus ones, you know. Yeah. I, and and, I, um, and yeah, if you trust the friend, you'll trust who they're going to bring. Exactly. And look, if your friends are people that are going to bring, you know, a Tinder date to your wedding, then perhaps you should <laughs> rethink the friendship. <laughs> Right. That that's a little sketchy. You know, we don't we don't know who the Tinder date could be. So oh. we do not extend a plus one to that friend. I I mean Tinder as as a married woman now, I sort of I keep talking to my single friends about Tinder. I'm so obsessed. I think it's a, an amazing and awful place. So, you know, it could sounds fabulous but also scary. I I think it's yeah, I asked one of my uh, single friends about it as well because I had read like during the Olympics that all through the Olympic Village they were all using Tinder, <gasps> scrolling through Olympic and I, hookups, Olympic hookup, hookups, and I was kind of fascinated but also terrified. <laughs> and like, thank you to my husband Taylor for saving me from the world of Tinder because yeah. it sounds like a scary place of just flipping through and making snap judgments based on a photo. I don't know. It's, yeah, a, it's I, a little scary for me. <laughs> I feel like the swipe stuff would overwhelm me incredibly and I'd end up sort of spending too long on the not swiping and then and, and then regretting swiping someone away <laughs> and thinking, are they my future husband? They're gone forever. I've unswiped. <gasps> exactly. I don't know how anyone can manage it, but, you know, crazier things have happened. I'm sure that many a girl has met her match on oh. Tinder. Well, you've just said it. If you have met your fiance, your husband, whoever on Tinder, and you want to share that with us, I know Carly and I would love to hear about it. So please get in touch, savethedatepodcast.com. Please get in touch. Tweet either of us. We yes. want to see Twinder romances. Twinder. I've just made Twinder. that up. <laughs> Tinder romances, Tinder weddings, they have to have happened. I met my husband on Facebook, so I will say it does happen. And one of the girls featured in um, my book, Hitched in a Hurry, met her husband through Twitter. So crazier things have happened. Oh, social media love. I love it. Carly, thank you so much. Jesse C., I'm sure, is thanking you in advance as well. It's fabulous answers. And uh, again, if you want to get hold of Hitched in a Hurry, the ultimate how-to for speedy I do's, you can do so on Amazon and barnesandnoble.com. More from Carly next week on the Save the Date Wedding Podcast, where she has her very own whole episode where we talk about getting hitched in a hurry. It is a great listen. Whether you are getting hitched in a hurry or you have, I don't know, three years up your sleeve, what is great about the book is that it gives you ways and methods to simplify things, to figure out what's really important for you and to make lists and to take the pressure off and also to work with your partner because it's a bit of a team effort here, getting married. I know a lot of people think it's more of a chick thing. I don't agree. I don't agree with that at all. I think you should just both muck in and get it done. Thank you to my lovely question-asking people from Twitter today. Most of my questions came from Charlie and Sarah. And if you would like to follow me on Facebook, gee, that'd be lovely. Save the Date Wedding Podcast is where you'll find the page. I post lots of stuff, not necessarily the same things that I'd post on Twitter. So if you're following me on Twitter already, thank you. Thank you very much. And maybe head over to Facey, do a bit of following there. Also, if you'd like to subscribe to the Save the Date Wedding Podcast, it's very easy. Jesse C., this one's for you. 
Android listeners, you can subscribe on Stitcher. I love my Stitcher listeners, and I'm sorry for ignoring you. I feel terrible, and thanks to Jesse C for putting me back in line. Also, just quietly, if you do have an iPhone, like I do, uh, you can subscribe via iTunes. So easy. If you, if you, some people are saying it's a little bit difficult to find. It's in the settings area. If you download my podcast and you go to settings, you'll see a little swipey thing that says subscribe. Simply swipe it to the right and it will turn green. And that means that all of the episodes will be dropped straight into your little cloud or wherever, however it works. And they'll be there as soon as you wake up on the day that I release an episode. That's the magic that is technology. Whoever delivers the podcast, little special magic podcast fairies will do all the work for you. Thank you so much. Have a fabulous week and I will talk to you very soon. As I always say, happy days. The Save the Date Wedding Podcast brings all your favorite bloggers, experts and wedding things straight to your ears and your brain.